What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, it's super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. As we're getting our drafts in order here, it's important to get the other stuff around football in order as well. If you have direct TV, make sure you're not getting charged $50 without your knowledge for the Sunday ticket. And if you sign up for direct TV last year, the year before, and they're stiffing you on the Sunday ticket, get on the horn, complain keep complaining they'll eventually give it to you that is a pro tip all right and also uh i normally don't talk too much about my other tennis podcasts on here i think i've mentioned it one time in these intros but i'm gonna mention it again right now match point number nine a tennis bets podcast is a podcast i've been doing for a while now and we usually drop on thursdays looking ahead to the weekend's quarterfinals and semifinals but friday night We are going to drop a huge U.S. Open preview show. Going to give a bunch of information on the tournament, some trends, first round best bets, tons of great actionable information. You can find our Twitter handle at MP9Tennis, and you can find it on Apple, Spotify. I don't think we're on Stitcher or Podbean, unfortunately. With the rise of sports betting, there's a lot of people out there looking for action. Tennis is a good way to increase the portfolio. Anyway. Let's get back to the business of football. This is a huge episode today. We're talking about one of the best offenses in the league. They've come a long way. The Buffalo Bills. I dialed up Matt Perino. He's the Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com. He's also one of the hosts of the Shout podcast, which is a Buffalo Bills podcast. This guy is one of the most entrenched reporters with the Buffalo Bills. His information is gold, and he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2022 
Buffalo Bills. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Perino. Hello, Matt. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. All right, Matt. Well, last year, the Bills were third in total points scored, fifth in total yards, but surprisingly only 10th overall in yards per play. Not that that's bad, but I was a little surprised by that, to be honest. Uh, Brian Dayball is gone. Ken Dorsey is now the OC. We think we know what this offense will look like, but I'm sure they want the, the yards per play to go up and Dayball's absence inherently brings some changes. So from what you've seen in herding camp, what can we expect from this team in 2022? What tweaks will there be in a scheme that's already got such an explosive uh, foundation? Yeah it's a big change right like going from a brian dable who built this kind of from the ground up developed josh allen had two previous stops as an offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator for a national championship team in alabama he started with so much experience and now they're handing the keys over to ken dorsey who has none as a play caller this will be the first time that he's doing it at the nfl level so i think that there's like a little bit of cause for I don't want to say concern, but like if you're a Bills fan, you you're probably wondering like, is this going to look the same? Now he's keeping everything the same, like schematically, like the language, everything like that. It's going to be the same. When you have Josh Allen, you want to. I think it's one of the reasons why Josh Allen was so high on making sure that Ken Dorsey remained in that role. So I just think it's about like you know the continuity in from the players' perspective is there, but is there any hiccups? With a new play caller, we'll see. I think it's going to be pretty much the same, and they should be really good. As a matter of fact, you mentioned all those stats at the top. I wouldn't be surprised if they exceed a lot of those metrics in 2022 just because I think Ken Dorsey is like a little bit more of an aggressive play caller. I think he will be. Uh, at least that's what people are telling me inside the building. So. We'll wait and see. Well, we'd love to hear that as uh, fantasy gamers. Uh, we'd love to see some aggression from this offense. It's already so explosive. H- heck yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, if this offense is going to be aggressive and explosive, Josh Allen needs to continue what he's doing. And I think we all expect, you know, through the air, you know, with this offense, uh, you know, he'll be the guy. But where he really wins for fantasy gamers is on the ground. Last year, he eclipsed over 700 yards on the ground. Uh, his best season by far, almost 200 yards. Over his previous career high, he did have his lowest season with touchdowns, though, with only six. Uh, still pretty good. From what you've seen, can we expect another season with a healthy amount of work uh, in the ground game for Josh? Uh, or is the team looking to, to bring down those attempts? Because he's kind of the guy now, you know, and he's important to have on the field. You know, we can't risk injuring uh, Josh Allen, QB1 here. Yeah, I I, I sometimes think that, that like, best play, laid plans sometimes get mucked up a little bit by just the way players play the game. And we've seen them in the past one to maybe take a little bit of the danger out of Josh's game. But I think after a while you learn that that's kind of what makes him special. So I, I don't necessarily think that the the running attempts will come down, but I do think that there's a chance that they can get like a consistent running game going, like the running game that we saw at the end of last year, Devin Singletary and what they did. I think they could potentially be better in that department this year, adding James Cook to the mix. I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off of Josh Allen just because they can rely on that run game. They didn't have one for the early parts of the season, the first couple months last year. And I think that meant he just went into, you know, hero mode where he kind of tries to do a little bit of everything. So from that perspective, I could see them trying to find other ways to manufacture yardage in the run game. And 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 Josh is taking so many steps as a passer that I think there's a good chance that Ken Dorsey just relies on him to do that. 
Well, let's talk about those running backs next. We mentioned Singletary already. You know, he is someone who did have a bump in production. He did post over a thousand scrimmage yards last year and he touchdowns. In comes James Cook, though, through the draft, who a lot of people are excited about as the potential pass catching back uh, and a potential true RB1 here. But uh, it sounds like he's a, got a ways to go before that's true. And uh, Zach Moss is still around. How is this room going to play out? And uh, this is crucial here for us, Matt. We, we need the breakdown of these guys. This is a lot, a lot of people are on uh, James Cook. What's the real deal here at Buffalo? I have really bad news. Stay away from the Buffalo Bills backfield in fantasy. It's just way too unpredictable. I think, first of all, you have Singletary, who had that really solid year last year, but he's going into a contract year. And if the Bills really like him, you know, I could see them really trying to spread the wealth a little bit to take some of the the juice off of what a contract would look like with Devin Singletary. Maybe they they just they go into the final year and they and they continue to have him be featured, and then they just move in a different direction next year and kind of hand the keys over to James Cook or Zach Moss. However, it ends up working out. I tweeted in the preseason, Zach Moss has looked really good in the red zone. So. You want to talk about a touchdown vulture? I think I think Zach Moss can be that this year. He might not get a lot of the work. You know, I wouldn't expect him to get 10, 12 carries a game, but three or four really important ones could come close to the goal line. So that's something to consider late in your drafts. And then James Cook's the wild card. I think I feel like people are gonna overdraft him because of the offense he plays in, the excitement and what he maybe can do in, from a PPR perspective. But I just don't know what his role is going to be week to week and if there's any reliable consistency with that role in the offense. So again, my suggestion is to you know tread carefully, tread, tread lightly. Uh, you may want to go in, in different directions, but if you do hit on the right one, like if you can land maybe Cook late and one of those two guys in front of him get hurt, gets hurt at any point this season – that could be a really good situation to be in. You mentioned James Cook doesn't have a true role yet. Now, you know, a lot of people are you know, speculating on this pass catching role that I, I think people want the Bills to have more than maybe exist. It sounds like where are you at with this idea of a Bills pass catching back uh, in this offense? Is that a, is that wish casting by the fantasy community or is there something uh, that we can sink our teeth into in terms of that narrative? No, I, I think that that's very viable. I think that he's there's a real path to like 30, 35 catches for him in this offense this year. And I think they're going to want to use him that way. When you, when a guy, when Brandon Bean, a guy that really covets his draft picks, spends a, uh, a second round pick on you and then just totally talks you up as a pass catcher, the expectations are that you're going to catch a lot of balls. And whether or not it's this season or not, I think that's a good conversation to have. But I think that there's a real possibility that James Cook lines up everywhere in this offense. I think Ken Dorsey is going to try to be as inventive and creative as Brian Dable was before him, lining guys up all over the formation, what he did with Isaiah McKenzie last year. Maybe Dorsey does that a little bit with Cook this year, and they can get him into the game that way. But, yeah, I'd buy that stock, especially in dynasty leagues. Like, I, I was, I'm in a dynasty league where we just draft rookies every year, and this year – I grew up in Buffalo, so there's a lot of Bills fans in this league. So historically, people overdraft Bills players. But I still think it's worthwhile to mention, uh, Brees Hall went number one in the draft. James Cook went number two. So, you know, people are people are high on him. And, and I've noticed the trend over the last couple of months have, has been his draft stock in these mocks for rookies has been climbing and climbing and climbing. I think, I think if you look at backs in this draft, uh, I know people like Kenny Walker in Seattle – but again, they're kind of uh, they, they like to do uh, by a committee as well. You never know who's going to get the bulk of the work. 
James Cook is a nice long-term option. That's music to my ears because I have James Cook uh, drafted in multiple dynasty leagues, <laughs> so I'm loving it. All right, Matt. Well, uh, what about his camp though? I mean, has he had a you know a slow start as a rookie, or has he come in and impressed? What's the the temperature on his camp? Man, I think he's been good. He's had a couple days where he's made some nice plays in the pass and the run game. He had one run against the Broncos last week that really stood out to me. It was like a 19 yard run where kind of took it to the left side and had to shed a couple tackles and guys just kind of slid off him. It kind of reminded me of his older brother, Dalvin Cook, right? Like, I didn't know if that was going to be his style of running where where he was going to be really tough to take down or if it was going to be like first contact or runs over. If he's slippery, if he's, he can get to the second level and break through some tackles, we're talking about a, a totally different caliber of runner. Um, there's been some comparisons to Alvin Kamara. I never love those just because... The things that that guy's done in this league, not many have. But you could see it at times, like some of the things, the way that he runs with the ball, the fluidity to his movement. So, yeah, he's, he's had a really nice spring and summer. Great stuff, Matt. This is why we're here. All right, let's talk about these wide receivers next. Uh, Stephon Diggs has posted back-to-back seasons of over 160 targets. Uh, although last year he did uh, see a dip in catches uh, with only 103. Uh, he did still have a healthy 1,200 yards plus, chipped in 10 touchdowns as well. For some reason, though, drafters uh, were a bit unhappy with that, you know, because he went so nuclear the year before, but the targets were in line. So should we expect that that nuclear side of, of Diggs this year, or, or was last year kind of a mean? I, I guess it depends. I think it depends a little bit on, on Gabriel Davis and... Is he going to become like a true tag team partner like he looked in the Kansas City game last year? And if that's the case and teams have to start game planning to stop Gabriel Davis, then that's going to open things up a little bit more for Stephon Diggs. The problem that he faces every week is that he is the lone target of offensive or defensive coordinators and and you're just trying to take him out of the game. I mean, last year, if you go put on that Kansas City Chiefs tape, I mean, he was double covered throughout the entire game. I mean, you saw his frustration at times. It was mitigated by Davis's success. But I think that if they can run the ball a little bit more, if their offensive line plays a little bit better than it did last year, you know, I think maybe he can start seeing some downfield targets and success down there like he had the first year in Buffalo. So I'm still high on Stephon Diggs. I think I would project a, a better season than last year. But then again, I'm pretty high on this whole offense. You know, Cole Beasley still had something like 80-ish targets last year. So that's gone. And I know that they like Jamison Crowder. They really love Isaiah McKenzie. But I'd be surprised if those two combined for um, or 80. I think he had 80 catches. He had like over 100 targets, uh, Cole, Cole Beasley did last year. I don't. If Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder don't combine for that, that's going to be more probably for Diggs and or Dave. Now you've uh, set me up pretty perfect here with this Crowder and McKenzie combining because, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, they're looking to, to invest in the slot role in this offense. Uh, it seemed like McKenzie had the early lead, but things are tightening up with the Crowder coming on the scene a little bit. And uh, the narrative that a lot of people are selling is that it's going to be a split share. So you said a combination, them combining. Could these guys kind of limit each other's upside in this offense? I don't think so. Uh, I think that, Really, you'll benefit from having a true number two if you're Stefan Diggs. And I feel like Gabriel Davis has the chance to just, you know, elevate himself into that like elite number two wide receiver conversation. You know, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, 
uh, those caliber of players where there's room for multiple pass catchers in an offense to eat. And, you know, I'm high on Dawson Knox. I still am. Uh, I think there's potential for him to surpass the, the, the touchdown productivity of the, from a year ago. But even if that happens, I still think that with the way that this offense runs and the fact that you have a quarterback with such a with the arm talent that he has, I don't think that anybody's limited. And I, I think Gabriel Davis has done enough to earn a real chance. I think Target's going to go all three of those guys' way, and I think they're all going to eat up in this offense. Yeah, Gabe Davis, he's maybe the most talked about player in the offseason off his uh, mind-blowing playoff game. It sounds like uh, he's locked and loaded for a huge year. That's my impression. The guy is just, he exudes confidence. He always has since he was a rookie. He's kind of been quietly waiting for his opportunities, never complained about it. Probably thought he should have been the number two wide receiver last year, but he seceded that spot to Emmanuel Sanders, who had gone and won a Super Bowl before. Uh, and now there's nobody there to, to stifle him. I mean, this is... This is his and Diggs' offense. And I think that all the hype around him, it's its twofold. Number one, you have one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league throwing him the ball. And Davis, all he has done since he's been in the league, go look at his regular season stats and his targets versus touchdown production. It's, it's among the best in the league. And so when you're talking about it from a fantasy perspective, a guy that takes advantage of his opportunities is super clutch in the red zone and just around the goal line. I really, really love his fantasy upside this year. The problem is a lot of people are also high on it. So he's going pretty early in drafts for what I've seen, which, you know, this that's the kind of guy that you really want to sneak, sneak in, right? Like you want to get him, you don't want to have to overdraft him. And I, th I feel like the, by the time we get to like next week, if you're having a draft, I know like our media league is next week. I can see Gabriel Davis going in like the third or fourth round. I mean, people could be that high on him. Oh yeah, this uh, <laughs> the word is out on Gabe Davis, and he is rocketing up the draft board. But it sounds like deservedly so. But uh, don't get overinvested as this offense is going to spread it around a bit. Real quick, Matt, who's the starting slot receiver week one? Is it Crowder or McKenzie? I think it's uh, McKenzie, and I. If I was everybody, I'd expect him to have a larger role. They like Jameson Crowder, but that Cole Beasley role. Like a little bit, like not that high end speed part. It kind of got phased out by the time last season ended. Uh, he wasn't on the field nearly nearly as enough. Now there was some off the field stuff too that I think probably, you know, played into that. But I think Isaiah McKenzie showed now two times when he's been given the chance to start for the Bills. First in that Miami season uh, ender last in in 2020, and then last year against the Patriots, all he's done is caught touchdown passes. And has has had, has had explosive games, so I expect that to continue. Uh, I am super high on Isaiah McKenzie, and if you were looking for like a like a sleeper guy to get late in the that with some super high upside, I might go with McKenzie because I think in in some ways he's almost fitting into that Gabriel Davis role. Where do you need me? Like we saw last week when he went out, when the starters went out uh, or Diggs went out. McKenzie shifted to the outside and he played a little bit on the boundary. So if he's doing that, you know, you, you probably start to think about like, what are all the different ways they can use him in this offense? So I'm, I'm really high on McKenzie much more so than um, James and Crowder. That doesn't mean that James and Crowder won't find a nice role for himself in this offense could happen. I just don't know how much consistent target share there will be for him. Rounding to the finish in the tight end room, you've mentioned Dox and Knox, uh, you know, as a, as a guy who's had a lot of success in Buffalo so far, he had a great season last year. He does have his detractors uh, as well as his uh, pro Knox. 
side, uh, you know, I'm on the pro Knox side. I think he clearly has a rapport with Allen. Should Dawson Knox have a good year from what you've seen? I think Dawson Knox is, he's poised for a monster year. I mean, he's got, you talk about the target share, right? And what, what they're going to do in this offense and who they're going to spread the ball around to. They may run the ball a little bit more. Ken Dorsey's obviously high in all three of the backs, but Knox has proven touchdown production now in this offense. And he's also, like I mentioned, Davis's reliability in the red zone. Dawson Knox has been really re- reliable there in, in playoff games in the past couple of years. So uh, I think Dawson Knox, I'd, I'd buy that stock. Uh, I don't know if I'd put him in top five fantasy tight end just yet, but he's on the he's on the fringe there and he's in the conversation. And I think when you're playing with Josh Allen, you, you get that consideration. All right, man, I have one question left, but it's a bit of a toughie. I'm going to make you put yourself out there. What's your boldest fantasy prediction for this Bills team in 2022? I, th- I, think, I think Josh Allen is going to throw for more than, I don't know how bold this is. I, I think he could throw for more than 45 touchdowns this year. Maybe that means that the, the the rushing touchdown production scales back a little bit. But I just think with all of these playmakers in the red zone and now adding James Cook in the mix, and I think you know Dorsey talked about having faith in Moss and, and Singletary as pass catchers as well. I just think that they're going to score a lot of points. I think that uh, Josh Allen is just so comfortable uh, behind center and in the pocket now that it wouldn't surprise me if we just see a, a, a real jump from him in, in his touchdown pass production. Well, he's never eclipsed 40 touchdowns in a season through the air, so that would be a career first. And I love it, Matt. You can find Matt at Matt Perino on Twitter. He's the Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com. He's the host of the Shout Podcast, which is a Buffalo Bills podcast. Uh, anything else uh, you got going, Matt, you want to talk about? No, yeah. Just uh, check out the Shout Podcast. Best way to find it is searching on YouTube. Uh, search uh, Matt Perino, Shout Bills. Any of those things, it'll usually come up. Uh, we go live, I think, three times a week uh, in season at least. Uh, so any Bills uh, coverage, updates, analysis that you want, that's the place to find it. Well, this was uh, a master class uh, once again, Matt, and thank you so much. And uh, people, they love it. You're one of the best in the biz and appreciate the time. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me. Talk to you next year. Thank you. Isaiah McKenzie, old school, traditional, late round sleeper. You are now dialed in. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.